Hi, everybody. This is Love Him, Love Them with Linda Gunner, where we give hope, touch lives, and change hearts. Hi, everybody. It's Linda Gunner, and tonight we're going to talk about uh, something that can make you really sick and actually something that you can die from if you, if not COVID-19, if you do it in the wrong way. And yet a lot of churches, I know a lot of churches do it. uh, So I've traveled up and down the East Coast with uh, on tour with 30 kids from the Haitian Orphan Children's Choir. And so I know a lot of different churches, they actually, sometimes they do it once a month. Sometimes they have a certain Sunday that they do it. Uh, Sometimes they do it, uh, I don't know, but most all churches do it. And I just wonder how many people know that you can get sick and die from it. So welcome to church, right? Um, So I'm going to tell you a funny story about it. First of all, uh, this happened when we were on the choir tour um, and we were it was a Sunday morning. I want to say we were in Tamarack, Florida. I don't really remember where we were, Uh, but we were somewhere. And so right after the service. I don't know why they waited till after, but they did. They were doing uh, taking communion. And so now I grew up Baptist, right? So every time we took communion, you got grape juice and a uh, cracker. I mean, sometimes it's a good cracker. But this place, they did bread and wine, okay? Now, I've got 30 children, (laughs) so they are um, from ages 5 to I don't remember. I think like 22. And um, and I'll never forget Macarena. Macarena was on tour with me that time. And they passed it around. And so we all took it. And as soon as Macarena and I both took the drink that was supposed to be representing the blood, we were both like, girl, that ain't no grape juice. <laughs> right? Uh, but there was somebody that was traveling with us. And I don't know why I think this is so funny. And this might be sacrilegious. And some of y'all might think I'm a horrible person, but they would not take what they were called. They would not take the Lord's Supper because they said it was happening at lunchtime. And so that was was wrong. And that because it was at noon instead of supper time and it was called the Lord's Supper, that they couldn't take the Lord's Supper because it was at noon. I don't know if y'all think that's funny, but I thought that was hilarious. So that is my topic tonight is why do you take communion and can taking communion? Do y'all know what communion is? It's the bread and the wine, right? Okay. So it's some people call it the Lord's Supper. So I'm going to just, I'm just going to talk about three things, three things that you need to think about before you take communion, because I'm not so sure. I really don't think everybody knows this because a, a lot of the churches that I'm in, I mean, literally they just pass it out and everybody gets it and goes for it. And it's a little bit more serious than that. So before you take communion, the first thing you need to do is you need to reflect. You need to reflect on the suffering, the suffering that you, let's just go to first Corinthians eleven twenty five. It says, Jesus said in the same way, After supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this, but whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So for just a couple of minutes right now, and really any time before you take communion, I want you to reflect on the fact that they stripped Jesus of his clothes. (laughs) I want you to reflect on the fact that They took a crown of thorns and they pressed it in on his forehead 
so that the thorns went into his head and blood came streaming down his body. I want you to reflect on the fact that they took whips and they whipped him and a rod and they beat him and they took a spear and they pierced him in his side. They took nails and they nailed his hands and his feet to the cross. We need to reflect on the fact that after he was beaten, after he was battered, he had to carry his own cross. You know, I think about that, uh, that verse, Luke 9, 23, that says, uh, if we're really his disciples, we are to deny ourselves, which nobody denies themselves. Everybody does exactly what they want to do, when they want to do it, how they want to do it. But we're supposed to deny ourselves, take up our cross, what we're bearing, and follow him. But I mean, this is after he was beaten, after he was whipped. He literally carried his own cross. And finally, I want us to reflect on something called flogging. You don't hear about that very much now. But flogging is when you take a leather whip and you put sharp pieces of metal at the end of those whips. And then you whip the person and you pull the leather back so that those sharp pieces of metal cut into the skin and they leave all sorts of cuts and lacerations. So the next time you take communion, instead of joking and laughing about whether it's wine or grape juice, instead of being concerned about whether it's at lunchtime or at supper time, the first thing we need to do is we need to simply take a few moments to reflect on the sacrifice and the suffering and the pain that our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, went through. Because if we do that, and if we get that first step right, it will naturally lead into the second step. And the second step is not only to reflect, but is to repent. When we take communion, this is a great opportunity for us to look at our own lives and see, is there any wicked way in us? Is there anything that we have said Is there anything that we have thought? Is there anything that we have done that might be offensive to the Lord? And then we need to actually take the time to repent of it and to ask for forgiveness. You know, the Bible actually says in 1 Corinthians 11, 27, So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why we really need to examine ourselves before eating the bread. You know, I just wonder, have any of you ever refused taking communion? You know, have any of you ever, do you just do it as such a ritual and such a routine that when it gets passed out, you take it? Or you're the guy that hands out the little silver tray with the little glasses on it, and then you hand it to the other person, and it becomes a religious thing, and they hand it back to you, and then you take yours? Or do you examine yourselves before eating the bread and drinking the cup? Because I don't know about you, I do not want to be found guilty of taking the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. Because as if we do as the Apostle Paul said, and if we just take 
a few moments, you know, be still and clear our hearts. Just take a couple of seconds and clear our minds. You know, even in the in the mornings when I'm doing my quiet time, sometimes it's very difficult to just sit still before getting into the devotion or getting into what I'm reading in the Bible and and trying to make it through the day and get to the next appointment. But what if in those opportunities when we do have the time to take communion, if we just clear our minds, clear our spirits, anything that we may have done to offend God, or maybe some ways that we've taken things for granted. You know, that is one thing that working in the country of Haiti has really, really shown me. And, and I say it every time I get the opportunity to speak, especially here in America. We take so many things for granted, so many things for granted. Turning on the stove, pushing the microwave, uh, even in this room right here, the lights we have. You know, every church I'm in, a, every church, on uh, every Sunday that I'm in a different church, I, I, I kind of make fun of it because it's daytime in the morning, right? But everybody's got the lights on and there's light shining through. And I say, you know, if we were in Haiti, we would not. they would be laughing at us for having the lights on because there's sun out. The air conditioning, the pews, the carpet, the, the fancy, fancy everything. Our cars going to get, I mean, when our car doesn't start or we have to get our car jumped off, we lose our flipping minds because we just so take for granted all of the things that we have and the easiness, ease with which, I mean, I can... I have 10, 12 kids at my house every night, 10, 12 people to prepare dinner for, but I can literally pop in that house and because of that microwave and that oven and my refrigerator and my freezer and all of the luxuries that I have, I can whip up a meal in 30 minutes. Uh, When I'm in Haiti, they start at five o'clock in the morning, shucking the peas and getting the beans ready and everything else. And it's an all day event for them to have starting the fire, putting the charcoal together to be able to cook and boil the water over the stove. I mean, it's we just take so many things for granted. Some of the ways that we take the things for granted and simply have we done something because we knew that all we have to do is simply ask God for forgiveness and he would forgive us. That's all we have to do. And so that's a very simple thing to just clear our minds to ask for that. Paul actually goes on and says in verse 29, for those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. Paul says, why would you invite more judgment and more discipline and more chastisement in your life? Just because you're taking the Lord's Supper in vain and in an unworthy manner. I mean, it's like, stop. He actually goes on to say, and this is the part that I started off with. Are you sick? Are you dead? If you're dead, you're probably not listening to this. I would, I'm hoping not. That is why many among you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep. What? I mean, can you... I know there's a lot of verses in the Bible that talk about why our prayers aren't answered, right? I know there's a lot of things that that ex- explain uh, there's certain things that hinder our prayers or certain things that uh, hinder us, you know, unforgiveness and and because we don't love the Lord or because we're not, uh, it says, if you really love me, you'll obey my commandments. We're not obeying the commandments. I mean, half of us don't know what the commandments are to obey. Um, but what if someone is literally weak, or sick, and there's no explanation for it, 
And it can be traced back to the fact that they took the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. What a simple, simple thing to, to, to ask for forgiveness for. So to think that because we're not taking communion the right way, it could actually lead to sickness or weakness or possibly even death lets us know that our Lord Jesus Christ really does want us to take communion seriously, right? It's not a joke to him. He goes on to say in contrast, but if we examined ourselves, then we'll not be judged by God in this way. So again, like I said in the beginning, if before we take communion, if we will reflect, and if before we take communion, we will repent, we don't have to have the judgment. We don't have, we don't have to have that judgment on us. Such a simple, simple thing. And you know the part about this that kind of concerns me is I think there are a lot of people that sit in churches that don't even have a relationship with the Lord, that have no clue that this, these verses are in the Bible about communion, and they're sitting there, and the stuff gets passed out, and they take it, and they whip it up, and they follow everybody else and do exactly what everybody else does. Because I personally have been in many, many church services where there's absolutely no explanation given. So I am here to help you out. I want to make sure you know this. I want to make sure you grasp that taking communion is not a religious, religious, what is that? A ritual. (laughs) That's a new word for religious and ritual. It's not a ritual. It is very, very serious. So the first step in taking communion is to reflect on what God has done through Jesus Christ and his suffering on the cross, because that's what God tells us. The the reason that we're doing it is to remember. The second step is to repent and to look inwardly to see, is there anything that we have done that we need to repent and ask for forgiveness? You know, I don't don't know about you, but for me, if I sit still and shut up for forgiveness, it doesn't take very long. The Holy Spirit will bring it to me, usually even before I, I shut up. Actually, usually whenever I first say it, if, I'm, if I've offended somebody, it comes to my mind and I can hear the Holy Spirit saying, let me tell you what that sounded like to them. I know you might have meant this, but this is what they thought. So you better get your you know, ducks in a row and go apologize and ask for forgiveness. Because the Bible tells us that if we've offended somebody or even if someone is offended with us, we need to go and make it right. And if you don't have that relationship with the Holy Spirit where he zaps you and lets you know that, uh, just sitting still for a few moments and meditating. And if you ask him, trust me, the, the Holy Spirit is one person that does not mind telling you the truth. Your husband might not tell you the truth. Your best friend might not tell you the truth, but the Holy Spirit will tell you the truth. If we do the first step and the second step, and if we ask for forgiveness, and once we do these first two steps correctly, it will ultimately lead to the third step and the final step, and that is to rejoice. You know, when we take communion, it is a time for us to shout and to celebrate and to thank God. Because have you ever thought about the fact that God really could have left you in your sin? I mean, I don't have time to tell you what an amazing sinner I was, um, but I was really, really good at it. Uh, And if I was still where I was in high school and college, which a matter of fact, this is how bad it is. I ran into somebody, uh, I think it was last year, um, who I guess looked me up on social media and he had gone to high school with me. His name is Keith. 
He looked me up on social media and he said, hey, is there any way we could get together and have dinner? I'd love to take you and your husband to dinner. And so uh, we, he took us out to uh, Carabas in Athens, Georgia. Yummy, yummy. And while we're sitting there dipping the bread in the oil, he looks at my husband and he says, I don't know what happened to her, but she was not like this in high school. And whenever I saw some of her posts and she was actually talking about Jesus Christ, it kind of scared me. <laughs> so just to let you know, um, God, I and the people when people do hear me or learn about our ministry and love him, love them, and find out that we're doing mission trips to Haiti and we are uh, sharing the gospel and leading voodoo priests to the Lord and praying for people with uh, anointing oil and they're being healed. Uh, anyone that knew me when I was living in my sinful life is it's like it's a miracle. I am like, if God can change my heart and my life, and if he can accept me. He will take anybody, right? It is a miracle. So I am like the uh, hope giver for moms who have children that are a hot mess that you think there is no hope for. Uh, my life and the story of my life is in our first book, Peanut Butter Crackers and Flip Flops. So if you're a mom out there tonight and you're thinking, I don't even care about this uh, communion thing. What I'm caring about is my 16-year-old, my 15-year-old, my 17-year-old daughter because she's a hot mess, just pray. Just pray. Because my mom and my dad and and our entire church <laughs> prayed uh, for me. Um, I, I'm going to share a little bit. I left my home when I was 18 years old and literally went on the road with a band. Uh, many of you will know James Brown. And I traveled up and down the East Coast. How ironic is that? Traveled up and down the East Coast in nightclubs singing and now, for the last four years of my life, I've traveled up and down the East Coast uh, with a choir of orphans from Haiti sharing the gospel. So God can take any talent and use that, right? So if anything else tonight, if you're a mom on here listening or a mom or a dad and you have a teenager that has gone so far away from the Lord, I am proof that the verse in Proverbs that says, train up a child in the way he should go, she, way she should go, and when she's old, she will not depart from it. So we do need to rejoice that God, I specifically need to rejoice because God could have easily left me in my sin and God could have left me in my mess. But the fact that God came and he loved me enough to die on the cross and to pay the price for my sins alone. For a lot of you guys, you may not have sinned in your youth. You may not be sinning. Trust me, I sinned enough for all of us combined. And the fact that God was willing to send his son to pay the price for my sins. Those, I mean, think about that. He didn't even commit those sins. Most of us, we, we don't even want to take responsibility for what we've done. We sure don't want to take a punishment or responsibility for something somebody else has done. Oh my goodness. Uh, even in our home, right? If one of the kids leaves a dish out and somebody else gets in trouble for it, or somebody was supposed to feed the dog and somebody else gets in trouble for it, nobody's going to take the punishment for the other kid. I can guarantee you they are going to make sure that the person that did it is the one that pays for the crime. But Jesus Christ took the punishment for my sins, sins he did not even commit. And he did that so that our lives would be transformed. And that's exactly what happened to me. <laughs> he did that so that my life would be transformed, so that I'm not the person that I used to be. I'm, I'm not that person anymore. His death on the cross. So, I mean, if that is not something to rejoice about, 
after we've taken the communion and after we've taken the time to repent and to reflect on what he did for us, I mean, really and truly, I mean, nowadays, we just had the Valentine's holiday. I mean, if somebody sent you a card or somebody gave you a box of candy, you know, you're like, oh, that is just so sweet. I can't believe they thought of me enough to do that. Well, what about what Jesus Christ did for us? Right? Way more than a box of candy. Way more. And yet we and yet we want to still hold on to offense and unforgiveness whenever he has provided the way for us and has done so much more than anything we could have possibly imagined. This really does give us every reason to simply rejoice and thank God. So the next time you take communion, I want you to be sure that you reflect on what he's done, you repent, and that you be sure to rejoice. And one more quick thing. Did you know that you don't have to wait until Communion Sunday to take communion? Did you know that? Those little cup thingamabobs that they have now where you take 35 minutes, and some of you need to repent of all the words that you say when you try to lick that little cellophane thing off to get that cracker. <laughs> That's probably one of the most difficult things to do, right? You think you're all reflecting and repenting, and then you can't get that little silly piece of plastic off, and you're like, Lord, that's Satan in the communion right there trying to get somebody irritated. But you can actually, do you know you can buy those? You can buy those on Amazon. I have a big box of them in my office. And I will tell you this, I carry those with me because I've also learned that taking communion is an amazing way for someone who needs healing. And I am all about getting the biggest bang for the buck out of my salvation. And the biggest bang for the buck, one of the most amazing parts is we're told that we can ask anything uh, in the name of Jesus, and it will be done. And with our with what we believe, with our faith. And so a lot of times I find, and I think the reason that it's so amazing about how the connection between communion and healing is the three things that I just said. Because I truly believe a lot of times what can block someone's healing is, number one, maybe they've taken communion in an unworthy manner, Right. Paul tells us some of you are sick, some of you are weak because you, had, you hadn't done it right. So it gives you an opportunity to speak with someone and say, have you ever taken communion in the past? Yeah. Did you repent of your sins before you did that? And eh, no, I just kind of took it. Let's let's do that. And then the other thing it does is a lot of times unforgiveness blocks can block healing, right? Because it think about it. It tells you in James 5, 13, that you get, those of you who are sick, you can call on the spiritual leaders of the church. They can come. They can anoint you with oil. And then it always says, and they'll also forgive you of your sins, right? So by presenting communion to someone that you're praying for and walking through these steps, and, and can you imagine walking through what I did with you in the beginning of them pressing the, the thorns down on his forehead, the blood coming down to... Because again, like I said, most people get excited when somebody gives them a box of candy. So if you if you really walk through what Jesus has actually done for someone that they may not have really thought through, unless they've seen the passion of the Christ, maybe they've seen that and they grasp it, it will give them an opportunity to reflect on how much this loves them, this Jesus loves them, and that they will be willing to repent of their sins. But the the so I really truly believe that you do not have to just take communion on communion Sunday. You know, I talk about this guy a lot, but Smith Wigglesworth. Smith Wigglesworth, who I mean, 
he could just look at you and you were healed, right? <laughs> he he was such a um, had an amazing amazing relationship with the Lord. But he took communion every single day. That was one of the things he wanted to make sure that he was in right relationship with the Lord in every single day. Um, you can take communion in the comfort of your own home. I mean, think about it with COVID-19, all the people that stayed home and nobody ever went to church. I mean, if you really had the desire to remember the sufferings of the Lord, it would have been nice if you had had those little cups at your house. You can, I'm not trying to promote Amazon, but I mean, it is available. You can buy them anywhere. And here's another thing. You can do this with your family. You can do this with your spouse. You can do this with your children. Um, It is a powerful experience, and it is a powerful movement of the Holy Spirit when you get alone with God and you take communion by yourself or in a small group or with loved ones. Um, I encourage you to do it as soon as possible. I am going to give you a little pointer. I do carry communion cups in my purse, but you better put them in a sandwich bag because if you ever have a little communion cup bust in your purse, it's a hot mess. I want to tell you about uh, a story of some very good friends of mine, Doug and Debbie Vermilia. And when COVID first hit in 2020, uh, they both uh, called us and told us that they were extremely sick, so sick that they were going to have to be uh, taken to the hospital. And I've prayed for a lot of people and they've been healed, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I don't know why this hit me so hard, but I was so, so messed up when I found out that they were sick. And so my daughter, Gina, uh, who is the prayer warrior in our home, she came downstairs and she said, Mommy Linda, I really think we need to take communion on behalf of Doug and Debbie. And I was like, okay, I don't know how that works. But I mean, how are you going to tell your daughter, no, we're not going to take communion, right? So she sat our whole family down in our living room and she went through these steps with us and she reflected, she shared about what Jesus did on the cross. And then she literally asked each and every one of us to clear our minds, clear our hearts, clear our souls, and for us to repent of anything that we needed to repent for because she wanted us to pray for their healing and she didn't want anything to be in the way. We were so we wanted to do anything and everything we could to ensure that Doug and Debbie were not going to pass away from this disease. So we took the communion as a family and then we, we stepped it up and this has nothing to do with uh, this, this conversation about communion, but we literally went to their home and we played the song. This is how I fight my battles. I don't know if you know that or not, but you can look it up. This is how I fight my battles. And we marched around their home seven times praying out loud. And I want you to know that Doug and Debbie both survived COVID. They were, it was in the very, very beginning. Um, But that was probably one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had in taking communion with my family. Um, There were four children, my husband, myself, and it was, uh, it will be a, a bonding experience for you. I really, really want to encourage you to to take communion on your own without the distractions at church, to take communion in a small group, to take it as a family together. The Holy Spirit will show up in your living room in such a way that um, I don't think you'll even believe. And I want to encourage you to, to keep those communion cups with you because you will be very surprised at when you offer that for someone, how it will touch their heart, how it will change their life, and how it will give them hope. 
of something they've never thought of before. So don't get sick and don't die because you take a communion the wrong way, right? Just remember to reflect, repent, and then be sure that you rejoice about the fact that you've had the opportunity to remember Jesus in such an amazing way. We're so glad that you joined us tonight. We want to encourage you to be sure to get our brand new book, Choir of Angels. You can get that. There's actually stories in here about communion. Uh, you can get that at www.lovehimlovethem.org and uh, or anywhere that books are sold. Have an amazing night. And if I can leave you with anything, it is to not forget that we are to love him and love them. Good night, everybody.